Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Black Podcast. Uh, we're sort of continuing the trend with the NBA just because the NBA is about to start pretty soon. I think uh, we actually have about a week and a bit left. I think the season starts next, next Monday. Uh, so, you know, be prepared for a lot more NBA talk as we go through throughout the weeks here. Uh, I'll probably dedicate that to the weekend. Season has started. Preseason has started right now. So we're watching a bit of NBA games here and there. Uh, so the best thing to do right now is sort of talk about the burning questions in this case, or we're going to call it burning questions of the NBA uh, leading up to the actual season uh, this year. We'll talk a few predictions, our, th- our thoughts on the MVP, Rookie of the Year, uh, et cetera, and as well as predictions about uh, certain teams and where are, where they sort of are going to end up in, whether they're in the East or West, and our, ultimately our finals prediction here as well. Um, so let's get into the questions. Uh, you know, there's a lot of pertinent questions, a lot of uh, things coming out. And I think the best question to start is, well, we're still living in the pandemic. Uh, we're living in COVID times and we're still dealing with uh, sort of kind of the onset of COVID, new waves coming in. Although, you know, we've, we've been able to find presumably a vaccine uh, that's been um, been able to prevent, you know, a lot of cases from occurring, a lot of people taking the COVID vaccine. And yet in the NBA, it's still a b- bit of a dicey issue. Uh, one, because the NBA has regulated in this case that uh, you must be vaccinated, double vaccinated in order to play, um, which has, again, caused a lot of commotion. And you can sort of anticipate, well, what particular players in this case are fighting back? Um, one star in particular is, uh, and his name to no surprise is Kyrie Irving. So Kyrie Irving has sort of made a statement here that he has no intention of getting the COVID vaccine, uh, but that leads to a lot of other implications. One being that uh, he won't be able to play in, I think, any of his – Was it? correct me if I'm wrong, is it any of his home games? I think – yeah. is it home games that he wouldn't be able to play? Um, yeah. And, I mean, for our non-NBA people, that's half the season, right? That's 41 games out of 82. So that can have a lot of drawback or a lot of pushback or, you know, a lot of uh, issues uh, with his stars who are, you know, contending, they want to win championships. So Kyrie has put them in a very messy spot in itself. So Luke, what are your thoughts on all of this COVID and NBA? And, uh, you know, is, is it fair that they're doing this? Does it make sense? You know, what, what play, what play, what should players do? Yeah, I think it's, um, I think obviously we all have our, our right to choose, um, I think a lot of times it's decisions are made because um, of what we think the vaccine is going to do to us. Um, but the reality of it is um, they wouldn't be pushing this out unless there was a strong indication that it would be safe. Um, I don't know any government, regardless of conspiracy theorists, that would try and push uh, a vaccine to harm the population because those are the ones who are voting them in. Um, so, you know, as an athlete who is considered peak perform- peak uh, ability, peak performance, you know, you can make the case that you could probably fight off COVID without uh, a vaccine, but we're also talking about playing in an arena where the ventilation probably isn't as great. You know, you could be breathing onto the, uh, you know, sideline fans. You could be passing it to family, children, who could then in turn pass it to someone else. Uh, you know, so in general, I would say it's a smart thing to get a vaccine. And especially if it's, you know, um, your ability to complete your, your job, your pastime, your enjoyment. Uh, oftentimes that can be a, a push. Uh, now, obviously, Kyrie has often had some very eccentric views on things like the flat world. Uh, you know, so I can understand why Kyrie might be one of those ones that is kind of pushing the envelope a little bit to see how far he can go. Um, but, you know, if I was a team of Kyrie, I would I would encourage him to get the vaccine. Obviously, we all have our choices. Uh, and if he chooses not to get the vaccine, then, you know, you, you, you suffer the consequences of what that might be. Uh, it's not not a right. It's a, it's a privilege to be doing what you're doing and to enjoy, you know, I think that's uh, that's the interesting thing about the COVID era is that I feel like a lot of people are 
uh, struggling with what would be considered discrimination and what's considered uh, fair, you know, to not allow Kyrie to play basketball because he's black, because he's Muslim, because he's, uh, you know, something like that, like a man, then that's discrimination. But to not allow him to play basketball because he doesn't want to get a vaccine, uh, I don't think that crosses into the realm of any sort of discrimination as a personal choice that you've made. Uh, you can't choose to be, you know, black, a man, a Muslim, but you can choose to have a vaccine. So, you know, uh, obviously it will, it'll hurt the Nets if he doesn't play. Um, but at the same time, that's definitely a choice that he's making on his own. Uh, and if I was his teammate, I would definitely, you know, obviously I can't force him to take the vaccine, but I would, I would encourage him to, because it's not just about him. It's about the general population as a whole, especially those who are watching the game in, in person. Yeah, no, I agree uh, wholeheartedly. So I won't say too much about it as well. Um, but yeah, I agree. And I think uh, Kevin Durant has actually said something, uh, which was what people had thought first, you know, when Kevin Durant gets a hold of him, you know, this will be all sort of sorted out. And yet it still hasn't been. So clearly Kyrie has very strong opinions on it. But again, we know we know him. He doesn't bow, you know, he doesn't bow down to anybody, uh, so to speak. But of course, it's going to be detrimental to Brooklyn which again, we, you know, we might have, for example, different opinions now, whether Brooklyn wins it or not, if Kyrie's not there, I think he's an important piece, but at the same time, he's also really lost a lot of value, trade value. I think his trade, I think in my opinion, his trade value is probably next to nil now at this point, because why would anybody else want to uh, knowing, you know, what he's been able to do in the stints in Boston, not very, uh, you know, uh, not, 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 not much of a leader there. Uh, Cleveland, he clearly wanted out, which is fine. Didn't want to play with LeBron. That's fine. But um, it, it's hard to know what Kyrie wants. So uh, I would, as a GM, I would never want to trade for him personally. Um, but uh, that's well, the you especially yeah. don't want to, you don't want to push, um, you know, if you know that the value is nothing, you're not going to say, well, I'll give you Ben Simmons. You'll say, I'll give you, you know, someone else because you know that they're desperate to sort of move on. Yeah. Uh, from the, the frustrations yeah. but I mean yeah. it's the big problem also is that each state has their own rules and Canada has their own rules uh, so you know a player might say I don't want to have the vaccine because my state doesn't have a problem with it right uh, but if they have games in New York or they have games in Canada then you know the implications are different and I can understand the confusion and frustration if you don't really understand it but the simple solution is to do what they're requesting just because there is imminent benefit, even if you have had COVID already, because I think that's what right. Michael Porter Jr.'s argument is, is that he's already had it twice. So why do I need to have a vaccine? Um, but if you've had it twice, then, you know, and you didn't have having, the vaccine, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, if you had the vaccine, you maybe wouldn't have gotten it the second time or, you know, what are you doing? That's causing you to get right. COVID twice. Yeah. You know, are you look, looking toilet bowls like the, the trend was at the start or, you know, what, what's yeah. really happening there is uh, interesting. I think the key thing that you mentioned there as well is that I think uh, it's at 100% capacity. So people are coming in watching these games. Well, as you said, you know, you never know what's going to happen with transmission. That's very easy to get transmission in such a uh, high capacity. And I believe people if i'm not mistaken i think everybody there in terms of people in the stands have to be 100 vaccinated if i'm not mistaken as well probably so it just naturally just makes sense for the players as well to be right it worked out nicely when you were in an nba bubble and you were just constantly being tested we didn't have a vaccine but that's just yeah. i i thought that was actually going to be one of the alternatives was that if you weren't you know vaccinated that you would just be regularly tested that's what they, for example, asked us as teachers to do is you had to be vaccinated or if you didn't, if you choose not to be vaccinated, you could still work, but you would be tested, yeah. for example, three times in a week or three or four times or whatever. Was that, I don't know if you knew, was that an option that the NBA even explored? No, I don't, I mean, I don't know for sure, but it didn't sound like it was. And I mean, I think that might be a reasonable compromise is that sure, if you don't want to have the vaccine, that's fine. But you have to be tested, you know, once a day, on a, or pretty much on a regular basis. For that. When, whenever you show up to the arena, you have to be tested before you get it, or whatever it is, right? Because uh, that would be a fair compromise, I, I would so. say. Yeah. Uh, but the, the other thing to think about is um, <clears throat> they say it's a hundred percent capacity in the arenas, but it's also um, the capacity of the arena includes the entire space, 
it doesn't include it doesn't consider the amount of seats mm-hmm. so like when i'm when i'm coaching here we had a we had a game this weekend and it was considered 100 percent capacity because the gym had like 150 seats but the capacity of the gym is like a thousand people because oh, they're including right. the, the entire floor right so that's why they're they're able to get around the fact that well we're calling it 100 percent capacity um, because all the fan seats are taken up but in theory we're only considered you know 15 percent full because you know the entire gym right. isn't being filled with people mm-hmm. and so that's another thing to think about is like the stadium every seat might be full but they're getting around the the 100 they're not in 100 capacity because people aren't standing on the floor standing on the court mm-hmm. there's all the empty space and that's the way they're getting around a lot of this stuff yeah uh, yeah interesting thoughts it'll be interesting to see how this develops i think more policies will just sort of come out. I think the NBA will have probably much more concrete as well, or concrete ideas as well as, you know, the States themselves. So it'll be interesting to see where this sort of shakes out. Uh, it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see if Kyrie can actually play for the Brooklyn Nets. Cause that'll be a big time loss for them um, from one controversial player to another. Uh, let's talk <laughs> about Ben Simmons <laughs> uh, and the Philadelphia 76ers. So Ben Simmons, um, I don't know what the update is or the news is, but I think he has, sort of held out on any training, any games. I don't think he's played for them officially. So, uh, I mean, it's very apparent that Ben Simmons will likely be on another team. Um, The time will tell uh, whether it's immediate or if this lingers on to the season. I'm sure if I'm a Philly fan or a player or anybody in that organization, uh, I just want to move on from this guy. For me, I think he's a bit of a clown. My personal opinion is basically you're a professional uh, you're not, there's things you're not going to like, you know, sometimes, uh, you might get tiffs, uh, uh, in tiffs with your coach. I'm sure, uh, if we think about even in the past, you know, people are saying that, uh, river sort of threw him under the bus because they said basically that Ben Simmons isn't the, the point guard to win or something like that. Silly, but people have tiffs, right? People kind of get into arguments and people, you know, uh, things might be, for example, uh, out of context, things like that. So for Ben Simmons to just out out and out say that I'm not going to play um, gives other GMs a sour taste in their mouth because why would why what makes you think you're not going to do that to my team, right? Why am I you know giving all these assets up to presumably trade you trade for you to you know do the same thing? You're just going to hold out. So uh, I do like the penalties that are involved in here. I don't know them into detail, but it, it's also a very interesting parallel. Uh, to what Harry Kane did, although Harry Kane eventually didn't hold out on Tottenham. He ended up playing, right? Tottenham said, we're not going to sell. Well, guess what? I guess I have to play. Whereas it seems like Ben Ben Simmons is probably going to hold on to this. So, you know, what are your thoughts just generally about that idea of players holding out, uh, players not being professionals? What's your kind of overall opinion about this? I think, you know, you sort of hit it quite well there where it's uh you're giving a sour taste um to anybody who is looking to acquire you um you know it's akin to a job where you know say as a teacher you uh you know put in formal complaints against your principal several times uh if you want to move to a different school they're going to know that you've you've submitted these complaints what why why would they want to hire you because they're worried you're going to complain about them too Mm -hmm. Uh, and I mean, it's the same premise where, you know, at, at a certain point, talent isn't good enough. And Ben Simmons showed that the talent isn't good enough. He might be a defensive player of the year candidate, but his inability to score and in various levels of the court uh, is a detriment. And he doesn't have the same uh, kind of power as a Kevin Durant, a LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo. You know, and so for me, it's, you know, I think he thinks he's a bit more valuable than he probably is. And, you know, he's got this image in his mind that he's one of the top four players in the NBA and therefore he has control over where he goes Uh, when it's, you know, it's not the case. I mean, even Kawhi, you know, he has power in that, you know, he got moved to Toronto because he didn't like how the Spurs were handling his injury. So then Toronto treats him very delicately of his injury and allows him to take as many days off as he, as he wants, you know, and they, and they win the championship um, because of that willingness to work with Kawhi because he is the star. 
Whereas it doesn't sound like anyone is really willing to work with Ben Simmons uh, because he isn't quite the star. He's not even the best player on his own team. You know, so why do you think you have the power to sort of put yourself wherever you want, whatever team you want? If I'm an opposing GM, I'm going to hold out because I know his value is basically nothing right now. You know, and people mm-hmm. are talking about making a making a Kyrie for Ben Simmons trade when, you know, do I want to trade a cancer for a cancer? And if I'm if I'm a, if I'm a team that doesn't have a cancer, if I'm Portland, you know I don't want to trade C.J. McCollum for Ben Simmons. I'll trade you know Nasir Little because I know that they're desperate to get rid of Ben Simmons because he's not going to play for them. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm not going to give up lots of stuff just to get him. I'm going to wait until his value is basically nothing, and then I'm going to gift them a decent player for him just mm-hmm. to get him out, out of their books. Right. Right. I. I, mean, I yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, it's just the NBA is one of, it's one of the only leagues where it seems like the players have so much power. Like all the other leagues, it seems like the team has more power. And yeah. it's, you know, it makes for the parity issue because players will want to play with their friends and they have the power to do so. Yeah, yeah. I was going to pretty much just make a point about that is that um, this is going to set a very bad precedent for the NBA if – they don't punish Ben to the full extent. So whatever, losing money, whatever other punishments that need to be brought here. The main thing is the income here is like, well, you know, he's holding out. We're just going to let him do whatever. I think the NBA also has to make sure they step in here too, um, to show that, you know, this is not something that other players can do as well. That, you know, when, for example, I don't like the conditions I'm in, whether they're, you know, in this case, it's very petty. It's pretty petty to be overall. I don't think Ben Simmons has been done dirty by anybody. I don't think the franchise had, in fact, the franchise has really protected him, defended him when, you know, he shit, <laughs> like, like when yeah. rightfully so people are criticizing him. So I don't know, unless I missed something that Philly had actually done. Uh, I mean, you can tell me, I don't feel like Ben Simmons has any sort of ammo to actually even request a trade personally. You're free to request a trade. Go ahead. But the way he's mm-hmm. doing it and the manner in which he's doing it is just so unprofessional. It's actually kind of frustrating that he's able to get away with this. Because I know, like in almost any profession, you know, you talk to kids about this. This is not the way to go about acting, yeah. you know, you know, when you want to move. Okay. You can do it a lot, a lot more respectfully. So uh, that's well, I mean, kind you, of the overall. If you complain to your principal, do you think you'd be able to get a new job and move to a, you know, <laughs> say you want better, better classes if you complain to your principal and said, I'm not going to teach a class until you let me teach this particular yeah, course? Not in this, not, yeah, to you? not in this That's manner, gonna, not the way he's not gonna the fire way. you. Yeah, I'm not going to hold out, right? I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be respectful. I'm going to, you know, take on some, sometimes you have to take on things that you don't particularly like uh, to show, you know, your employers that you're here, you're serious, and then things tend to open up. You know, I've, I was I had the opportunity, for example, to teach psych my in the last three months. And, you know, it could have been a major inconvenience for any teacher, right, to have to take on a new course the last three months. Kids are probably, you know, their heads are elsewhere. It's COVID and all that. And yet I took it because I knew this is something I really enjoyed. So um, not everything is, you know, your ideal uh, is ideal. Uh, not everything will go the ideal way. But if you sort of kind of manage the pain manage you know the inconvenience uh the best thing you can do is kind of hold your head up high um uh and i i think if ben in this case would have acted accordingly and acted in a professional manner i think a trade would have i think a trade would have already happened or maybe there would have been a little bit of value traded back and forth here with teams but i think yeah as you said i think teams are just going to hold out um, I know the Rockets did a ploy to sort of uh, trade stuff, but I think it was just sort of to up Ben Simmons' value. I think Houston and Philly, I don't think Houston had any intention of trading for Ben's, and I don't think Philly wants or John Wall. So uh, it's going to be interesting again where that sort of develops as well. Any final thoughts on Ben Simmons here before we move on? I mean, he might even be the third best player in his team or second best player <laughs> in his team, rather. You know, Tobias Harris might be better. This point, honestly, at this point, I'd rather have Tobias Harris. Let's be honest. So, I mean, you know, if you're not LeBron James, if you're not Kevin Durant, I don't think you have the power to sort of decide where you go. I think there are really some of the only few that do, uh, and they do. And you know, to say they, that they have the power, they don't necessarily 
exercise that power like you know right it's just uh the rally of the trade is that you know lebron james maybe he wanted to leave but he doesn't say cleveland i want to go to la i'm not going to play until you let me go mm-hmm. you know you, you do your thing win them a championship then you go you know kevin durant same thing like maybe the the golden state thing wasn't classy like leaving okc to go to golden state but he didn't hold okc captive until they let him go right you know he waited until his contract was over his obligations were over and then he made the move yeah you know yeah. so i mean there's a there's a there's a good way and there's a bad way to handle it you know those guys handled it in a reasonable way and ben simmons i think is destroying his his um appeal in yeah. any regard because yeah. he's not cra- a crappy player i don't think so and a decent player a decent team's gonna want him but you know what are they willing to give up at this point probably not much and um I mean, I watched them in Minnesota. I thought he was in, I think he's incredible to watch, to be honest, the way he attacks the rim, uh, way he can get to his spots. And even in high school and college, I thought he was very impressive. So, I mean, overall, I think he is, you know, uh, a good guy, but he's just, he's not going about it the right way. Um, And I think it only just puts credence on how great, you know, the LeBron James and the Durants and how professional these guys are, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, about how they go about their business, especially Kawhi for me personally, because I think he's such a quiet guy. And it's impressive how he's able to, in this case, um, uh, not divulge any information, forget too much information. He doesn't even divulge much information to begin with. That's sort of, if I was a celebrity or NBA player or a star, that's sort of how I'd want to conduct my business. I don't want people to know about anything, you know? So um, moving on, which is uh, another interesting point. We talked about these top four great players. Let's talk about LeBron um, because he's definitely, you know, still uh, topping the boards here. Uh, I think one, it's just incredible what he's able to do uh, 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 even at the age of, I think, what is he now? 36, 37 years of age. It's uh, it's incredibly impressive what he's been able to do. Um, But we're at a crossroads here, folks. Does LeBron win another championship? What do you think? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. I, think, I mean, I think the the era of him willing a team to a championship, like the Cavaliers, uh, you know, I don't I think those days are done where he can just take anybody and win a championship. But the the way the Lakers are built. They might be old, but they're all still pretty good players. And and the young guys that they they grabbed like a Nun and Monk, those are pretty underrated pit grabs, right? Um, so it's not just a, a team full of you know uh, geriatric players. It's it's still got some youth in it, and the old guys are quite talented. Um, I mean, their only issue is that the spacing might not be the best. Uh, in the playoffs, they're gonna have, probably have to play Anthony Davis at the five. Uh, to get some of that spacing that Dwight Howard and Russell Westbrook will will not provide. Um, but, you know, I think the pieces they have definitely will allow them to be one of the top two or three favorites. I mean, the Nets are probably up there as well. Um, mm-hmm. But with Kyrie, if he doesn't play, uh, especially in the playoffs, we think about the COVID part. Like, yeah. if he doesn't play, if they're, if they're the top seed, that means he's not, he's not playing four out of the seven games each time if he holds out that long. So I mean that's that's a great, great problem for them. Um, it'd be interesting to see. I don't know if they win this year, but I could definitely see next year. Sort of like the the Heat uh, comparison, where he went over and they didn't win the first year and made the finals, but then they won the second year. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's fair. Excuse me, but it'll be interesting. Yeah, uh, I think uh, the the X factor will be Monk in all this. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm going to disagree with this one. Um, and the reason is, and you you said it in your argument is right. You said that, you know, LeBron's not, LeBron's not the guy to carry a team in this case, or LeBron's, you know, not capable of carrying a team anymore. Um, and he's been able to do it, but he can't do it anymore. And that in herein lies the problem, Luke, because I don't trust these other players to, that play with them. AD, you can, I mean, AD is a championship winning guy. But AD is also street clothes. I don't trust him in the playoffs. What happens if he gets hurt? And that's not an if. That's like a almost when he gets hurt. Because AD has mm-hmm. been hurt um, last year. I think, you know, LeBron maybe was tired, whatever it was. 
AD, you know, we, we all said, um, you know, this, as far as this team goes, it's going to be on AD's shoulders and AD didn't deliver. Well, um, again, I don't really particularly trust Westbrook in the playoffs either. Besides the OKC runs that he made, has Westbrook made it out of the first round? Can you? Uh, yeah, he made the finals with OKC. Harden no, besides, besides OKC, besides that group. Oh, no. So when he, so. his stints in OKC, I think Houston got bounced out by the Lakers when he was with Houston. And of course, Washington didn't make it. So well, they made the Rockets made the finals, didn't they, with Westbrook and uh, or no, that, that was Paul Chris and Harden. Paul. That was Chris Paul and Harden. Oh. Yeah, that wasn't Westbrook. Yeah. So my <laughs> point, my whole point here is that if you're telling me that these other guys are going to have to step up, I don't yeah. trust any of them to step up uh, in LeBron James sort of fill. Okay. So if it's, if it's LeBron James, a renewed rejuvenated guy that happens to, in this case, be the most important guy and uh, manages to carry this team, then yeah, fine. That's a fair argument to make. But if it's a matter of, well, I'm going to have to trust AD and Westbrook and these players and this to step up in the playoffs. Okay. We're not talking about the regular season. The Lakers might have a good regular season record. But if these are the guys that are going to have to step up, I'm I'm putting my eggs in somebody else, some other team's basket, because it's going to have to be LeBron James uh, that carries this team. And again, like like, and I agree with you there. I don't think LeBron just has the energy, and rightfully so. I don't know. We don't know anybody at this age that's ever been able to do something this amazing. Um, so, um, and then of course the other reason why no is because I think he stays with the Lakers. I don't, and again, with that team, with the improvement of the other teams, I mean, Kyrie's still an if. Um, if laws and regulations, for example, sort of cater to the unvaccinated or he ends up actually getting vaccinated because he tends to flip-flop uh, quite a bit too. Kyrie is strong about his opinions, but he ends up, he ends up flip-flopping anyways. Um, so if he ends up getting vaccinated, uh, well, then Brooklyn's probably a superpower. I don't, uh, I'm not going to hold out on Milwaukee again. In the West, I mean, you're probably not going to throw out the Suns already, right? You're going to have the Suns up there again. So um, I just – the Lakers might make it far uh, in the playoffs. LeBron might make it far. But I think he's going to come up short now. I think uh, his uh, – does he have four championships now? Three championships? Four championships? I think, uh, I, think this is, I think this is the last we've seen of LeBron and uh, championships. So that's kind of my opinion. I'm sure you disagree, but – yeah, yeah. Well, well I think he, you know the, the question isn't about uh, will he lead them to a championship. It's will he win a championship. And exactly. I mean, you, you you could win a championship as the fourteenth man. You're still a champion. Not to say LeBron would be a fourteenth man, but like mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if it's. Uh, I think part of my statement was that um, the days of him being the leading guy of a crappy team is over. Right. And imagine all the crappy teams he's had and he's managed to will those guys into a championship when without him, they finished last. You know, those days are over. But the reality of it is players want to play with him. And I think that's that's likely the difference. Um, You know, I think it will be hard. It's not going to be like, you know, this is an obvious answer that he's going to win. I think it will be hard because the Nets will be strong. The Bucks will be strong. Suns will be strong. Jazz will be strong. But, you know. I'm, I have uh, belief that uh, Davis is going to last, at least in the playoffs. They might rest him a bit more in the season. Uh, and, you know, to support Westbrook a little bit, he did make the second round in, in with Houston. Uh, oh, he did, so he right. Did make, okay. Yeah, that was when we beat OKC. Because <laughs> we took <laughs> OKC's best player. We barely beat them. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so, I mean, it's... Yeah, fair enough. I think the reality is LeBron makes his teammates better. And so Westbrook has been good. But he hasn't been the best, and I think LeBron might get him to that next gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as I say, I really do think that Monk is going to be the X factor. If he plays amazing, uh, I think they have a good chance. Because uh, when you see him play in Charlotte, when he wasn't wasn't restricted by anything, he had some good good games. You know, so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, fair enough. Fair, fair that, point. That, be, that being said, though, Phoenix Suns best team in the West. Yeah, we're, we'll, we'll find out in your predictions there, um, which is what we're going to actually talk about. Good segue again. Uh, these are all unintentional. We don't mean to do this. That's what I'm here we for. We don't know the order. We don't know the order, <laughs> but this, this worked out perfectly. So let's talk teams. 
Uh, and maybe we'll start with the East in this case. Uh, so we're just going to give a top five prediction list here. There's so many teams uh, on that side. We don't really care about the bottom sort of uh, the, the totem pole of teams here. Um, so just to give you some perspective of last year uh, and then put, kind of start placing teams into their top five sort of order here. Uh, as I look at the Eastern Conference last year, the regular season in this case, Philadelphia came in first. Brooklyn was second. Milwaukee Bucks, the eventual champions, came in third. New York Knicks at fourth. Atlanta at fifth. Miami at sixth. Boston at seven. And Washington at eight. So um, just to put into perspective kind of what last year looked like out of the top eight, there might be teams we haven't mentioned yet that maybe will make the top five. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, we'll, we'll see there. So maybe let's start with maybe five the fifth team here um what out of the teams maybe i mentioned or teams i didn't mention where do you think who do you think takes the, uh the fifth spot here um i think you know i think my choices are uh the bulls or the heat i think the bulls made a lot of moves that are kind of interesting i do think they made the playoffs but i don't think they make top five uh so i will i'll go with the heat going fifth i think lowry will sort of push them a little bit further. And I think uh, the reason they're fifth and not higher is I think they will rest a couple of guys here and there and they'll lose a couple of cheap games mm-hmm. uh, because they're, they're resting or injured. Um, but I do think they'll make a, an interesting push in the playoffs. Yeah, so top five in the East. We're going to make a prediction here too. And I'm going to actually stick with one, I think one pod, we'll do a podcast one to make it more fun. Um, and I also do agree. I don't think Chicago is ready just yet. I think they'll make the playoffs. Um, they look really nice in preseason. They look like a team, um, but I just think there's so much, there's such a lack of experience besides maybe DeRozan. Not sure how I feel about DeRozan being my captain or my leader, uh, but even DeRozan himself, uh, I think he's maybe the one out of the top, out of the starters that's made it through the playoffs the furthest. You got Nikola, Nikola Vucevic. You got Lonzo Ball with the Lakers. Uh, you got Caruso. I guess Caruso. Actually, Caruso, because Caruso's got the championship. So, to be fair, Caruso's <laughs> should really be the guy with the experience. Again, that's even more kind of worrisome. You want your better players or your best player to be the one that leads. Um, who else? Uh, we said DeRozan. Vukovic, again, guy that played in Orlando, so doesn't really have a lot of relevant experience. Uh, who else am I missing here? Those oh, Levine. Guys. Levine, right? And Levine has always been in Chicago, and he's kind of been stuck here. So uh, there's a lack of experience here. So I'm actually going to agree that the Heatles, or the Heat in this case, uh, with Lowry, way more improved, a champion, you know, champion-winning guy. I think they've only gotten better. Um, so I'm going to agree with the Miami Heat. Uh, let's go with number four. The Atlanta Hawks. Ooh, spicy. I think thing. I think they, uh, you know, I think they had the right pieces last year. I just think they didn't have the experience. You could tell. Uh, I think who are they playing? Second round, I believe. Uh, you could you could see the the nervousness, the inexperience, getting a hold of them a little bit. But I think now that they've got their toes wet, I think they really push it forward. So I think they're. I think they go fourth. It'd be interesting to see. I think uh, Trey Young and uh, you know Capella, even Collins. I think will take a, a leap forward. All three of them. So, but yeah. Bodon Bodanovich won't be injured for half the year. <laughs> you know, so. for anybody that doesn't know, that was this fantasy guy. So that's why he's saying it the way he did. Until I traded him. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I also agree. I think Atlanta gets better with experience. I think New York was a little bit too uh, – was carrying with uh, – I think Randall carried that team a little bit too much. don't think he has the season he does this year. And I don't, I don't really feel confident with the New York Knicks being in the top five either. So it makes sense that Atlanta just bumped up a spot uh, there, assuming that Miami uh, – would be the fifth team in this case. So top three looks like uh, it's going to be a similar top three to last year. Maybe the order sort of rearranged a little bit here, uh, but who do you have as third? I have the 76ers. Um, it really comes down to Ben Simmons. Uh, if they can get rid of him and get someone decent in return, I think they 
their third. Uh, you know, if they get rid of Ben Simmons and they get Nasir Little in return, you know, I think they might even go go even further. You know, they could be even seventh. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't hold it against them, but uh, you know, I'm banking on the fact that they'll get something reasonable in return for Ben Simmons, or Ben Simmons will, will cave one of the two. Uh, so that's why I say they're third. Yeah, um, I between the three teams that we're going to be talking about, I think I agree wholeheartedly that out of those three, 76ers is the team that's the most uncertain about their future. In fact, they can go, as you said, they can go even further, lower than that. They might not even make the top five, assuming um, they get no value and Ben Simmons walks away on, you know, I don't know, cash consideration. I don't know. Uh, ridiculous. So, um, yeah, I'm going to agree there. Uh, second. The Bucks. The Bucks. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you can you could argue that they'll be first, but I just don't know. They lost uh, PJ Tucker, and I think that's an underrated loss. Um, you know, I think he uh, he was one of the big factors in the playoffs. It wasn't Giannis. Giannis had some great games, but he's supposed to have those great games. And I, th- I think that uh, PJ Tucker sort of stepped out of his soul of his body and played within, you know, Michael Jordan for a second there. <laughs> uh, and, lose, and, and losing him, I think it's the difference between wider, not first and wider second. So, you know, it would be interesting to see, but I do think they'll be second. PJ Tucker, who's also on the Miami Heat as well. So that'll be kind of an interesting dynamic uh, on that Heat team as well. Yeah, I think he was very pivotal for them as well, guarding Durant, of course. Durant does whatever he wants in most cases, but when he does have an off game, you've got to give credit to Tucker for what he was able to do there, uh, winning that series, uh, you know, with the with the Bucks as well. Uh, which leaves us with number one, and you can go ahead and say it. The Indiana Pacer. No, the oh, Brooklyn wow, Nets. shocking, <laughs> yeah. shocking development here in the Black and White podcast. <laughs> I think it's pretty. You know, even without Kyrie Irving, I think that team is still first. Uh, I just think they have too much firepower. Like, and then if you add Kyrie Irving, he does play. You know, even if he plays half half the games, I still think they're quite good. Uh, the only question will be if uh, they rest Durant. You know, they could again they could lose a couple of those cheap games uh, when Durant sits, when uh, Harden sits. Uh, you know, those injuries they might be a little bit more leery about having him play all eighty two games. But you know. Even with that in consideration, I do think they have too much firepower. They added some quality players, and you know, Patty Mills is an underrated, you know, potential six man of the year. Uh, uh, great backup, you know, great they, yeah, so I think you know, even with that injury iffiness, I, I still think they made moves to make their team better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, fair points there too as well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with your uh, list there about Brooklyn as well. Uh, I think uh, they just have too much firepower with or without Kyrie Irving. I do think that Kyrie Irving thing ultimately is going to be settled uh, one way or the other. I just I cannot see Kyrie holding out that long where he's not going to be able to play. Something's going to something some mandate or something's going to change around so that uh, that gets. Well, they've already they've already made that change with the practice facility. They're considering it a private office, and so he's allowed to practice now. Right. So it took, it took like a week for them to make that decision. Yeah, so they'll 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 play some loopholes there, and we'll they'll figure it I don't out. Know, I, I just looked this up. I don't know. I don't know why, but it said Kyrie Irving could retire if traded by the Nets. <laughs> really? Yeah, and he's considering retiring if he gets traded. <laughs> just rumors everywhere there. Hey, that's crazy. Right. Well, it's the uh, it's the character you're dealing with. Seriously. Um. So let's move on to the Western Conference. Uh, again, let's put it to perspective what last year looked like. Uh, some of these teams will probably be mentioned again in our top five. Some may, some may not. So let's talk a little bit about them. Number one in first place was the Utah Jazz. Um, number two was the Phoenix Suns. Number three was the Denver Nuggets. Uh, we had fourth, the LA Clippers. Fifth was the Dallas Mavericks. In sixth place was the Portland Trailblazers. And seven was LA Lakers, eighth with Memphis Grizzlies, uh, with um, the Golden State just missing out uh, on that top eight spot. But Golden State, uh, worth the mention as well here, possibly. Um, so, again, let's talk about top five. Uh, fifth in the West, what are your thoughts there? 
Well, I think the West, um, I think this, like the order from last year, I think is going to get blown up a little bit because uh, they've had some pretty big injuries uh, on some of those teams. So for me, I think fifth is uh, Dallas Mavericks again. And I just think that they're, they're probably going to have a MVP candidate, if not the winner, in Luka Doncic. And I, you know, I can't see how they'll be worse. Another year under his belt, I think he takes them there and step forward again, even better than what he was. And I think he just, I think he's able to get into the fifth again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all valid points. Um, but yeah, I'll go with it. Um, I, I'm concerned about Kristaps. I think that guy needs to show up. Uh, we saw his sort of performance in the playoffs and it just wasn't enough. Uh, Doncic cannot just fully carry this team, but in the regular season, that's a very viable option. So I think um, yeah. that is a very good pick to make. Um, number four. Uh, I'll say Utah Jazz. Uh, that's a slide for them from one to four, uh, but they are one of the only teams that doesn't have any significant injuries. Um, the only difference is that two of the teams last year who had significant injuries now have most of their players fully healthy, and I think that's the only reason why they slide a little bit. Uh, you know, it'll be inter- interesting to see if they can prove me wrong, but you know, I, I still say comfortably that they're fourth. Yeah, uh, yeah, another good pick there. I think they're usually a very consistent team, but I, there's no way they're going to be shaking that top three. I think with the teams that we're going to be talking about pretty soon. Um, number three, the Golden State Warriors. Ooh. Uh, I think they I think they move from what nine to yeah. three. What was it nine? Yeah. Uh only only reason is uh Curry was injured for a month. Clay Thompson wasn't there. Uh, you know, James Wiseman was a rookie. Uh, you know, really at that point their best player was Andrew Wiggins. You know, maybe Draymond Green, you could argue, but now with Curry presumably healthy for the entire year, Clay Thompson coming back around January. Uh, you know, Wiseman with a year under his belt, uh, Kaminga added to the roster, Moses Moody. You know, they've gotten better and healthier. So I think that's why they, they move up six spots to three. Yeah. Wow. That's probably going to be the bold pick to make, um, considering there might be a few teams that should maybe not necessarily make the top three, but probably would make the top five over them, perhaps. Yeah, but there is a bit of contingency there that, you know, hopefully Clay does come back. Does, you know, I mean, we were able to see what Curry was able to do, but he's going to need some guys. And I think Wiggins is definitely not a guy that you want to sort of lean on in terms of consistency there. So he's going to need guys to rally back or maybe maybe a trade happens. Who knows? So uh, number two. The Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, I think that uh, for me, and maybe this is where you – greatly disagree with me but uh i think the the thing with the lakers is they're they're going to be super talented but i do think they're going to rest their players periodically um and and so i think the first seed is if they played all 82 games i think they get the first seed easily uh or maybe not easily but i think they get the first seed but i don't think they're going to play all 82 games i think they're going to play lebron 70 games this year you know and i think davis will probably get injured at some point so he'll have to sit anyways Mm-hmm. You know, I think they want they want them to be fresh for the playoffs. Get that push through because they're going to play all the games in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. So no. utilize that time off, and that's why I think they're going to be second. Yeah, fair point. Um, and number one, Phoenix Suns. <laughs> uh, I think the Phoenix Suns second seed last year. I think that they go even higher. I think they improve even more. Uh, Aiton, Bridges, Booker. Uh, you know, all their guys, Kim Johnson, I think they're all still young enough that they can make those bigger leaps. Like, I think Devin Booker is my black horse MVP candidate uh, for his coming year. Uh, I think he has a real solid chance of winning it, especially if he takes that second that next leap. Uh, Aiden's going to have a strong year, I think. Bridges again, uh, you know, and Paul's going to be Paul. I don't think he's going to regress too much just because of what he does. doesn't require athleticism. It requires intelligence and a lot of athletes that regress it's their athleticism not their mm-hmm. intelligence so i think he's safe in that regard he might regress a smidge in in like stats but not in terms of overall impact for sure well 
what a surprise that the Suns fan picks the Suns to be number one in the West. But uh, we clearly have an omission here. Who are we missing? We're missing the Denver Nuggets. How are the Denver Nuggets not in your top five? Um, Jamal Murray's not, not going to be playing, and his replacement is Monte Morris. Uh, I think, you know, Jokic was the MVP, uh, but I think Jokic had a lot of support. And, you know, with uh, Porter not being vaccinated, there's some issues with him potentially not playing games, depending on where they go. Murray's probably out for the entire year, um, you know, and that means he is the guy, the only guy, not just the best player on the team, but literally almost the only guy. Uh, and I think that is a hard hurdle to overcome, especially when a lot of the teams, definitely the top five I mentioned, they all improved in some regard, right? Like I, I didn't even have the Clippers top yeah. five because uh, Kawhi, is, no Kawhi is out for essentially the entire year, um, despite whatever you know reports they have out there saying he's ahead of schedule. It's still going to be a very long time. Um, you know, so I think for the Nuggets, it's not about talent. It's about injuries yeah. who, and, and who is injured. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, interesting perspective. Um, if the Nuggets go top five, that was I remember that was Luke's pick and not that my pick. So I'm just going to mention <laughs> that as well. Uh, but we'll keep that. It'll be interesting to see how the NBA sort of shakes up. Um, by the or, do you, or do you have the Nuggets? If in if uh, if they were in the top five, looking at this, I'd probably still swap them for the Mavs. I'd swap them for the Mavs. That's right. So I wouldn't have I mean, the Mavs in the top five. I mean that that was that was what I was debating. But the only difference for me is that the the Mavericks are are relatively healthy, and the Nuggets are not. And yeah. you know that's my sense. I'll stick to it just because. Yeah. Stick I'll back down from a challenge. Okay, <laughs> stick to your guns, stick to your guns. Um, so let's finish off with our last set of predictions here. Um, we have a few awards to talk about. Uh, we talked about them last year a little bit. I don't know if we gave our predictions from last year. This might be the first time we set our predictions for the season uh, and its totality just because we are a new podcast. So I think we had just ended up talking about the awards sort of at the end there and just discussing sort of who who's deserving of what and yada, yada, yada. So let's talk. Uh, let's talk predictions. I think we're going to keep it one again. Same podcast. So I'll give you uh, I'll let you kind of take the floor in, in, in terms of actual predictions. And I'll agree or disagree in most cases, but I think we'll just uh, kind of come to the agreement of yours just because you are a basketball savant. Uh, so it's just easy to kind of get your perspective here. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about the first award here, Coach of the Year award. Uh, who again, Tom Thibodeau won. I think we again both disagreed that Tom Thibodeau should have won. I think we both agreed in this case that <laughs> should have been somebody else uh, had a fantastic season as well. Uh, but we kind yes. of came into question the idea that Coach of the Year is usually awarded later in the playoffs when it should be right. I, me personally, I think it's right after season just so we have fresh in our minds. Okay. We see the season. Okay. They had a shitty playoffs. Let's because most people will be like, well, how was their playoffs? Oh, Tom Thibodeau lost in the first round. Whereas, uh, you know, Monty Williams made it to the finals. So clearly, you know, there's some sort of disconnect there. Um, what are your thoughts on the coach of the year? Who, who wins it this year? Yeah. Um, I think my initial thoughts are that Monty Williams will win it this year. Uh, the only problem with him is that he ha was so successful this past year um and so then that means that what they're comparing is what happened last year and they made it to the finals uh so the only way he wins is if they do follow my path of them being number one seed in in the west uh, so he's i'll say he's my bold prediction for coach of the year my realistic prediction for coach of the year is uh, steve nash uh, I think the the Nets make the first seed. I think they compete to the highest level, and I think that uh, Coach of the Year is often chosen because of how well the team does, not necessarily some sort of uh, crazy stat metric thing. It's just, uh, you know, how well did the team do? Likely because of the coach. Yeah, yeah. If we, if we just look purely at our predictions uh, as who would be the top teams in this case, uh, you, you have to look at one of those coaches there. So, for example, I don't see the Bucks winning it. I just don't think 
I don't think Bud's going to get uh, another award like that with the Bucks when they just had won. Um, you look at possibly the Lakers again. Lakers just doesn't feel like the Lakers would win. Uh, uh, I don't think, uh, what do you call it? Um, who do they have there? Vogel there? Yeah, I don't think Vogel's going to be winning that. So you're looking at maybe if Warriors have a fantastic season, possibly Steve Kerr gets it again. It just makes sense that it's probably going to be either the Nets or the Suns, just based off of the predictions we made about which top teams will be there. So I'm in agreement with both. I would, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope out that the Nat, I'm, I'm a Nash. Obviously, we're both Nash fans. So if we had to pick our player of the podcast, it definitely would be probably Steve Nash, right? So, um, give me. Give me your give me your final pick, Nash or Monty Williams. <laughs> I'll go Nash. I'll go my right, realistic pick. Go. Okay, cool, 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 cool. So Nash for Coach of the Year. All right, let's move on to the next one. Defensive Player of the Year. This is my, one of my favorite awards because I love defense. Um, last year, Rudy Gobert won it to no surprise. Uh, he's I think won about three or four times. It's usually kind of kind of circulated between three or four really top defensive players. Uh, mm. so you know, what are your thoughts here? Who wins it? Um, I think for me, again, it's that yeah, there's that realistic pick, and there's also like that dark horse pick. Um, I think for me, my dark horse pick is uh, you know, I, I would love to say DeAndre Ayton makes <laughs> that step forward as a defensive player of the year. Um, so that's my dark horse, obviously, but my realistic pick is I think Rudy Gobert repeats. I just think his impact is is far too uh, powerful to ignore, and I mean, really, the only other guys that you could consider in that in that regard are like Ben Simmons, Anthony Davis, Giannis, Mon Green, yeah, and, and, you know, yeah, Mon Green. I just think that they're all going to, you know, especially Ben Simmons, obviously the, the trade issues. Davis, I don't know if he'll be healthy enough. Giannis, I think he's making those steps forward as an offensive player, so he'll be more on the offensive focus, and they'll try and take him away from the defense. Give them breaks because uh, that's often what they do with their star players, unless they are a defensive specialist. Uh, so I'll go with Rudy Gobert just because it makes some more sense. Yeah, fair enough. I'm gonna agree with that. I'm just gonna throw that in there. Uh, one guy I would say, I don't know if you can hear the mouthing of my words, but Capella. I'm, I'm thinking maybe Capella, maybe Capella gets it this year, maybe it's somebody new. Uh, so just keep, keep, keep a watch out for Capella, folks. If he wins it. Make sure to come back to this or reference this podcast again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's for that one. I think the Hawks, I think they have. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's just too hard to be a defensive player of the year when your team has so many possessions because they're going to score at a high clip. Right. So, so when you look at it on the face value, they're going to have a lot of 110, 100 games. And it looks like they're not great defensively when it could still be that he is probably the most impactful, but they're going to see. The Jazz having 90 point games, right? And to them, that's like, well, it must be because of Rudy Gobert, right? You know, yeah, that anchor fair. in the back. When you know, you you might not be wrong, only one way I'll to give find you a couple out. claps for that one. <laughs> um, sixth man of the year. Uh, this one's usually again another award that's typically dominated by just a subset of players here. Uh, Jordan Clarkson winning it last year, sixth man of the year. What are your thoughts? No. <laughs> uh, I think for me, I think it comes down to two guys. Another uh, son player. Mills. <laughs> no, actually, this time not. Uh, just for the sake of it. I could say uh, Cam Johnson or something like that, but I won't. Uh, I think it's either Patty Mills or Tyler Hero. And I will pick Tyler Hero because he had such a bad year last year. This is a bounce back year. So I think it's a bounce back. I don't know if he gets the most improved player of the year, but I think uh, given that they thinned out the backcourt a little bit, but obviously he's still not going to be a starter. I think his ability to come in because Clarkson, all he did was score. And I think Hero does the exact same thing. Yeah, I'm in agreement with either of those guys. I think uh, this might, oh, this award might end up turning into a one-person award as usual. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking at you, Jordan Clarkson. I think Jordan Clarkson could possibly win it very well again with his Utah role just pretty much being completely solidified unless some ridiculous trade is being made. Uh, but I, yeah. I mean, those two players are a great show. I think Patty Mills is going to be super important now, especially with, again, all this controversy surrounding Kyrie. 
Uh, I, mm-hmm. I think he still stays at the six man award or six man position, regardless of where Kyrie ends up. They might just throw yeah. like a, I don't know, a rookie guard or some guard that they have up there. Uh, and yeah, of course, I think um, definitely Tyler Hero will have an impactful year. I think he's a too good of a player. Me personally, I think he's too good of a player not to have a, you know, to have back to back bad years. I think his talents speaks for itself. Yeah. I think he's had some incredible performances. So it's just a matter of, how does he fit in there? And I think Lowry will help him, especially uh, I think so. sort of I think fill so. out his role. Well, I think the with Clarkson, I think the only issue is that he has other guys on his team that are also really good six men, like Joe Ingles. Like I think both of them were in the top three for right. uh, six man. So I think for him, it's it's the competition of the six man position that will be his issue, not the fact that he's a good player. Uh, so that's why I say not him. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough. Uh, and let's move on to the next award. Most improved player. So typically most improved player, uh, at least I think the way it makes sense to do it is somebody that's had huge progression. So at least maybe two years in the league or something like that to at least compare, for example, but typically a, maybe a player that's in their third, fourth year and so on. Um, so most improved player was won by, give me a second, Julius Randle. Clearly, for his New York performances, um, very yeah. unlikely that Julius Randall or anybody, usually for that matter, wins it back to back years. So, uh, is there anybody uh, that catches your eye in the league uh, that can have a huge jump from their previous season? Uh, well, I think for this award, I have two guys in mind. I have Kevin Porter Jr. with the Rockets. Uh, for him, I think it was a situational thing where the talent's there, but the situation wasn't the best with Cleveland. When he went to the Rockets, I think he showed that he can be the star point guard. Uh, but my pick actually goes to a Canadian, uh, Shai Jules Alexander. Uh, I think he struggled a lot with injuries last year, and we know the talent's there. I just think it was the injuries that were the issue. And so with a healthy year, I think he really explodes. Yeah. Um, I'm not in disagreement with either of those picks. Um, yeah, Shay's already shown his promise. So I don't know. You're you're telling me that he gets to what an All Star level performance because he's already sort of shown. So. Okay. I think he's going to be like a twenty five, eight and six kind of guy. Wow, nice. Uh, another guy I'm going to throw out there. I'm going to type. I'm going to put in Shay Gil- Shay Gilgis. Another guy I'd throw out there is perhaps OG Ananubi. I think OG. I think OG takes. Uh, an even bigger step than he did already. Uh, I think, yeah. I think there is, I feel like there's sort of an energy in Toronto where I think Siakam is sort of not the guy clearly because he was thrown into so many t- trade packages. So I think if Siakam ends up going somewhere else again, he's not a young guy. He's, I, I didn't realize this, but he's a relatively old dude. Uh, at least like he's in the prime of his career, but I had already, I had thought he was one of those guys. I was 23, 24, maybe going to be a cornerstone, but even him and friend Van Lee, I think uh, if those guys are eventually expendable in the Raptors, well, who's going to take their place? I think OJ Ananubi in this case, is going to take even this year, a huge leap. Um, so don't be surprised if that name gets swirled into uh, most improved, but we're going to go with Shea on that one. We got another award. We got two more awards left. We'll finish off here. Um, rookie of the year. Be very careful who you say because there's only one for me. There's only one guy, Luke. All right. What are your thoughts on the rookie of the year? Uh, well, I think you'll be you'll be happy with my choice. I think it's pretty obvious that it's going to be Jalen Green. Uh, you know, I just think the ability to be a star of his team will be the deciding factor. I think Cade Cunningham is a talented. Uh, but he's got guys around him that will probably take some of the shine away from him. Whereas I don't think Jalen Green really has that kind of competition other than maybe Kevin Porter. Um, so for me, I think it will be Jalen Green, barring any injury. Yeah, that's also the key thing there. Barring any injuries and rookie walls as well. I think I forgot to mention this, but the uh, player that won the rookie of the year was uh, none other than himself, Lamelo Ball, um, who had an incredible season. By the way, we talked about it the last time. I think Jalen Green's offense is so potent. That's what they look for a lot of times in the Rookie of the Year. They're not looking for the best defender, 
best, you know, combo kind of guy. And I think Jalen Green's going to score in bunches and he's going to get a lot of clout there. Uh, although, yeah, I mean, very well. Like, I'd be curious to actually know, um, um, is it how often does the first overall pick win the rookie of the year? To recent memory, uh, even just recent memory, Kyrie Irving won it as a rookie, I think. The John John Wall won it as a first overall pick. Yeah, I think Anybody? It's, it's not very often because oftentimes the rookie or the first overall pick goes to a really crappy team, right? And and they don't win it because uh, just because of the team's success. It's like the the worst team. Like, I mean, last year Lamelo Ball third third pick, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things like that. Like uh, John Moran, Luka Doncic. I think Ben Simmons was the first overall pick. Last right. last rook of the year, first round pick that won it, right? Yeah, like yeah. Malcolm Malcolm Brogdon. That's, that's a Towns, while ago. Towns and Wiggins were first overall. So, uh, you know, twenty seventeen, I guess. But I think it's more common than not that the first, right? Because I think Wiggins was first, Towns was first, Simmons was first, Irving. You know, other than that, a lot of it is, uh, you know, even Kevin Durant was the second second overall pick. True. Yeah. Derek Rose was first. Evans, Griffin, Griffin was first, but he didn't play in his rookie year, or or in his rookie class year. Right, he played the year after. So right, same with Simmons. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see that as well. Uh, I hope I, you know, I wish all these rookies a good season. But yeah, of course, I'm gonna have to <laughs> wholeheartedly agree uh, with my pure bias here that uh, Jalen Green is going to be our rookie of the year, which leads us to the most uh, anticipated award as usual, is the MVP award. I think we had thrown out a few names there already. Uh, we might have a previous winner. We might have, um, I think we're both sort of cheering on the international scene here, and we're probably going to go with an international player. So you've already mentioned it before. Is that the guy that uh, is your pick for the MVP? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, just to, to throw it out there, so it's been written in stone or in audio version at least, I, I do think Devin Booker is, is a, you know, like a... a dark horse pick here I, I do think that he takes that leap forward and, and if the Suns get the first overall first uh overall position in the west it, it makes a strong case but i do think that luka Doncic is the strong favorite uh, and for the right reasons i think he takes another leap forward uh, last year i think he was stellar and i think he still has room to continue to grow uh, and i think that's the difference between you know, a Devin Booker maybe and a Luka Dantage, it's his to lose, essentially. Yeah, no, uh, I think uh, very, very valid and very fair points. I think the usual company will be around there. I think the honestest of the world, if the rent's pretty healthy, he'll probably be up there. I think Curry will be up there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think just based off our predictions here in the teams, I don't think Jokic will probably be up there. No, he's, so, like, he's like the eighth favorite to win it. Yeah, he's, he's behind a lot of guys. So, so yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you there. As long as it's an international guy, I'm always going with the international guy here. So I will go with Doncic. Sorry, but I'm not really with the American players here. Considering Canada is technically international. So uh, <laughs> team international, folks. Um, final thoughts, opinions, ideas on the podcast before we move on? No, I think... Uh... I think it'll be a fun year to see, and I think COVID will play a stronger role than it did in, in last year for many reasons, fantasy, real real basketball. Uh, and so, you know, I think Steve Nash said it yesterday. It's like we're we're coaching in, a, in territory that's never been explored before. So a lot of the things that you've grown up with won't apply now. Right. Yeah, fair point. So. Um, before we finish off, just to give you guys an insight onto next podcast, we usually don't talk about this, but next podcast will be an interesting one next Saturday. We're looking to do a final mock draft as the, our fantasy league begins next, next week. <laughs> Luke's laughing here because he's excited. I don't know what he's talking about here, but, um, so we're going to be doing a draft, uh, just before our original draft. Um, uh, but we won't, we won't actually post it till Monday because we don't want people to know our actual strategies, uh, but we're really excited uh, to do one more draft uh, just to get us sort of sharp and active and ready to go for our big one. Um, Luke, how excited are you about uh, drafting this year? 
Uh, I think I'll get to have more fun and what be pick, creative. What pick are you at again? Four. You're four, and I'm third, so it should be interesting. Yeah, well, it's uh, I want it enough that I can sort of take a break and relax and kind of goof around and have fun uh, and not worry about anyone coming close to me in uh, the top part of the, the league history. So I'll, I'll get to be creative and take a few more risks and not have to worry about not winning. Or not being first in the history books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, with that being said, uh, it's time to it's time to end this podcast. So again, be sure to hear us on Spotify uh, as usual. Um, so thank you again for listening to us. We'll leave you there uh, in the warm embrace of Thanksgiving. Hopefully, you guys are able to enjoy this podcast and your long weekend uh, with your families and with your loved ones. Luke, and for our international fans happy happy monday <laughs> exactly take care guys have a good one and we'll see you again on another black and white podcast peace